Welcome. This is Jamie. And this is Donna. And this is episode number 18 of the Circa 71 podcast for the week of August 11th, 2020. Coming up on today's show, cues at Disney's Animal Kingdom that we haven't seen, and we discuss Disney's latest transportation system, the most magical flight on Earth, the Disney Skyliner. This is the Circa 71 podcast. Special shout out to new listener Kira. Kira is a lifelong fan of dinosaurs and paleontology. Kira partnered with Dr. Grant Seeker and funded the Dino Institute. Together with Dr. Marsh, the trio developed the Time Rover to take guests to the age of the dinosaurs. How did they do it? Well, that's proprietary. Unfortunately, Kira left the Dino Institute after a falling out with Marsh and Seeker over the name change of the attraction from Countdown to Extinction to Dinosaur. Kira, thank you for bringing us the Dino Institute, and you are one heck of a paleontologist, if I do say so myself. True story, Donna. Well, welcome to our little transdimensional joyride, folks. Thanks for listening. Okay, Donna, so a few stories today in housekeeping. First off, starting at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Uh, like we have seen at the International Gateway entrance at Epcot, as well as Disney's Animal Kingdom, Disney's Hollywood Studios now has the new contactless security screening process um, where you don't have to go through the uh, metal detectors and have your um, bags checked by uh, an indiv- individual cast member. Keep your bags on. If they're small enough, um, if you have a super large bag, we do know that. Um, security may have you step aside but uh, any metal objects umbrella aerosol cans apparently you just hold out in front of you and walk on through so that'll be i mean i shouldn't say that will be that was a really neat experience that we had um i guess it was at animal kingdom jamie yeah uh, unless you went through international gateway that's the only places that have it other than um I don't know if they installed them actually at Disney Springs. I know they did the test there. I don't know if they're still at Springs or not. No, it was really neat to be able to just walk straight through. We had no trouble whatsoever with that. Really, really, really cool. You didn't have to literally do anything. No, they're awesome. I love it. I think it should have been five years ago that they had this (laughs) uh, type of technology. I like that, you know, everybody gets scanned and it's not the security theater of I'm going to randomly pull out the 18th person and you know, have them go through a medical metal detector. It's, you know, all, um, everybody gets scanned. So, and it's, um, easy. So I'm all for it. Agreed. Next one up is just something we can file under the bizarre files news, (laughs) but bizarre news nonetheless. So on August 3rd, um, my family and I were actually at magic kingdom. We rode slash mountain, had a great time and maybe around like six o'clock when the park was closing at seven i noticed that it listed slash mountain on the app as being temporarily unavailable so i remember saying to my husband like that's weird i don't think there's weather in the area i wonder you know what happened and just kind of wrote it off because you know things go down all the time well little did we know until jamie you sent this to me right i believe so yeah jamie sent a text and was like oh my gosh andrew look at this it was a picture of a log 
on Splash Mountain, the ride vehicle for Splash Mountain is a, a log-shaped vehicle. Uh, it sits a maximum of um, four rows with two to three people, and the third person would have to be a small child. Um, so a maximum of, you know, I don't know, eight, 12 people. And that's if at the, that point in time, everyone was a family on the log, because if they were not, they were only seating um, first row, back row. On, on each individual vehicle. So in any case, we're thinking maybe four people on that log, if everyone on the, the log were related, 14, but not likely based on what we saw. In any case, this log fully submerged under the water. The comical part of the whole thing was the folks sharing this, because, you know, obviously everyone has their smartphone and is ready to post to social media, that the cast member told them they should have stayed in the log. That one was epic. <laughs> yeah. I, I would like... I kind of put myself in that situation and I can't necessarily fault the cast member. Cause I'm sure uh, you got to appreciate her still spieling at that point in time <laughs> um, and, and taking the heat from the guests. Uh, you know, when she said, I kindly asked you to not get out of the boat. Um, and the response was, do you see the boat? And <laughs> cast member replies in the video. I understand that, but this is a safety hazard. I appreciate the spieling going on. And I'd like to put myself in the guest's shoes at that point, um, as wet as they may be. And as much as I, you know, follow the rules and I'm not a fan of people, you know, climbing on light poles to take ridiculous pictures and things like that, um, I would think I'd probably get out of the boat um, at this point. I, I I think this is one of those guests are not being unruly. Yes, there's a safety hazard with getting out of a ride vehicle at any time. But in a guest perspective, I don't know what's in the water. And I'm not even talking about animals. I'm talking about, you know, could there be some sort of weird electrical issue going on? You know, it's kind of a obviously a horrible situation that to my knowledge I can't remember the last time or if um, it ever happened before, um, but definitely potentially scary. And um, hopefully that, you know, the, the maintenance on the ride starts picking up a little bit where we don't see this again. Jamie, don't you worry. I'm sure they were compensated quite nicely. Uh, I'm sure. But, you know, I, I just have a sinking feeling that it could <laughs> potentially um, happen um... again in the future. So um, Speaking of else? a feeling, news <laughs> yeah. <is the> <laughs> um, Last uh, news story today dropped uh, as we record this on late Friday afternoon that Walt Disney World is reducing their park hours starting September 8th. Uh, Magic Kingdom was previ previously announced um, as park hours 9 a.m. to 7 p.m which will now be 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Epcot was previously 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. They will be cut two hours, 11 to 7. Uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios, previously 10 to 8, will now be 10 to 7. And Disney's Animal Kingdom um, was 8 to 6 and now is losing an hour on both ends where it's being cut from 9 uh, to 5. 9 a.m. to 5 um, p.m. Um, and Donna, I didn't tell you this part, uh, but there was a kind of a, a mini war on Twitter because one of our uh, reputable sources um, used the word that uh, drastically 
reduced Walt Disney World drastically reduced park hours, and a lot of people were freaking out saying, "Oh, it's clickbait," and you know, it's not drastic. But if you actually do the math, they cut per park depending on the what the park is, ten percent to twenty percent of the overall operating hours on the day. I would call that a drastic cut. Yeah. And this is one of those. And again, I'm looking at this in this particular statement as a local who goes over, you know, after the school day ends, most of the time that we go over. So if we don't even hit the park until three thirty, four o'clock, if the park's going to be closing at five, six, seven at latest, that's rough for us. And I know boohoo, we live here, we get to go all the time. But looking at it in that lens, that extra hour loss or two in the case of Epcot, that's really actually quite big for us. No, your point is well taken, especially in the case of Animal Kingdom being moved up to a 5 p.m. close from a 6. I I mean, just think of the money that was invested. You know, how awesome will Pandora look at night? Sure. That doesn't exist anymore. Um, You know, we both saw wait times uh, yesterday as we record this on August 9th. August 8th at um, Hollywood Studios was like a circus. You know, Tower of Terror had a line. Granted, it's socially distanced. I get that. But the line was halfway down Sunset Boulevard, which is just crazy. And then it's cutting of, you know, the hours. Now, granted, this will start September 8th, which is roughly a month from today. Um, as of right now, Donna, I believe I saw through October. I don't know if anything has been updated um, past that. So September is typically a more downtime as far as crowds. People are back in school, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but not sure what's going to be happening uh, moving forward. Any thoughts, Donna, as to rhyme, reason that this kind of came about? Well, I'll be honest in telling you that our experience going over later in the day, the parks are empty, James. It's a cost-cutting measure. Yeah, I, I would. that would be my opinion as well. Definitely cost-cutting. Um, you know, you, you see, see photos of empty crowds and things like that, you know, at different times of the day, which is also kind of a, a juxtaposition of almost what I, what I just said and sometimes where we see, especially on weekends, they're super busy during the day. So it's, it's this weird situation in catch 22 um, where a lot of times you do see the parks dead, but also um, can have higher wait times at different times. You have to understand though, this time of year in Florida, it is brutal hot until it thunderstorms and then it cools off a little bit. And then the day's over with these early park closings. So my guess for what it's worth, my 10 cents, since you asked me my opinion, is I think people are staying until the storms, then they're leaving because they know that by the time the storm ends and, you know, the outside attractions start to reopen, the park's going to be closing. Yeah. And and I think that that's obviously going to put a pressure on two specific places. One, the, where you don't want a lot of people the resort pools because people need something to do, you know, at five o'clock it cools off, you know, a little bit after your afternoon thunderstorm, but you know, you're not in August, you're not going to see, even in September, it's not going to be, you know, 70 and and cooler. Um, And I think it puts a lot of pressure on Disney Springs. 
yeah so those are really the the two um entertainment options at that point that people have that are still on property um you know after what was the latest close seven we said yeah it's going to be seven so you know and that's at epcot and, and hollywood studios even magic is is not opening or uh not staying open past six so and i also in- wonder what that's going to do with the quick service dining in park because most of those dining locations stopped serving an hour prior to park close so are they even going to have a dinner crowd at the quick service restaurants ending at five that seems silly yeah i, I agree because some people would certainly eat you know after that um your adrs your dining reservations are that are now during closed park times are probably having them canceled. So it's an interesting um, dynamic. And then, Oh, go ahead, Donnie, you one other point. Oh, no, I was just going to say that, that this example of, you know, evening park hours, things like that can, can be shown by my little mini trip report. And the reason I'm saying a mini trip report from Epcot was because we were slated to go last Tuesday as um, our listeners who heard last week's episode know. Um, and it was a wicked thunderstorm that w- that came through the area, probably starting at about, we actually, uh, Jamie, I don't know if I told you this, we were about five minutes from the Epcot parking lot driving down World Drive. So Anthony's super excited. You know, we have all of our stuff all ready to go when the skies opened up. So we turned around. Did I tell you that? I remember you either called me or sent me a text. Yeah. So that, we uh, that it was really bad. I don't remember if I knew you turned around. We could not justify. I mean, we had raincoats, like we were prepared, but we could not justify with how hard it was coming down making the choice to go into the park at that point. So we turned around. We actually ended up going to my parents' house because Anthony was losing his blessed little mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, wanting to go to, to Epcot. So we went to my parents' house and then we probably left my parents' house when the rain was at least getting lighter and the radar looked like things would be better. But we didn't arrive. And at that point in time, the park was going to be closing at nine, which it still will through until September 8th when these changes take place. Epcot is open until nine. Um, so we probably didn't get to Epcot until about quarter after seven. So between 7.15 and 9 o'clock, an hour and 45 minutes time, we did Spaceship Earth. We did, uh, let's see, from there we did the seas because my kid loves fish. I mean, my God, he Mm -hmm. would sleep all night if we let him. So we dragged him out of there telling him he could go on a new ride, which that new ride for him this time was Soren. Okay. So we got to do Soren. And then we did Living with the Land because he loves Living with the Land. So we did that. And then we ran, ran from there to Figment. And the cast member was just about to clip the chain to put it up for 9 p.m. And he saw us coming and was like, welcome, folks. Stepped aside and let us know. <laughs> that cast member was so kind. One or two others were so kind. But we got glares from some of the other ones. Because you knew no one had been on that attraction for 20 minutes at least. And here we come. Uh-huh. You know, fat, dumb, and happy. The three of us. And, and Anthony's super excited for Figment. But in an hour and 45 minutes, we literally did that whole loop up and around. The only things we didn't do were test track, which was closed when we were due to the storm anyway um and frozen oh and i guess three cabaneros we should probably count that too gotcha yeah well sounds like a uh, at least a, a mini <laughs> mini trip and uh you know exciting time at epcot and unfortunately got cut a little bit because of the rain but overall uh sounds pretty good but it definitely so just speaks to crowds too and with you know why the why behind the reasoning of why they might be cutting these hours we actually are slated to go to epcot again this wednesday so hopefully i'll have a little bit more to say then good 
sounds like a uh, good time and we'll look forward to that next week all right well let's take a quick break and we will we will be back with cues that we haven't seen at disney's animal kingdom and we are back so today in today's show we are going to finish our uh four week sort of rolling segment in regards to standby cues that we have never seen in the fast pass fast pass plus era um donna do you want to go over our slight disclaimers okay yeah because this is important big time for this park for me so these um cues would be during regular park hours so that does not include a special event like a Moonlight Magic, because we took you and vowed a Moonlight Magic attack. Yes. So there's an opportunity that I know that we walked through a standby line that I don't think either of us had done prior. Yes. Okay. Correct. Okay. Um, so it can't, so that would not count. It can't count, you know, that Andrew, Anthony, and I went after you know fast pass has kind of disappeared now post COVID 19 so that wouldn't count this would be pre-covid 19 regular park hours in the age of fast pass cues that we had only done in the fast pass line as opposed to waited through standby perfect um and i think we can go through our um sort of clockwise manner around the park we'll go land by land uh we'll start with the because DAC is sort of laid out um, basically the same as Magic Kingdom, the hub and spoke design. Um, so let's go to the center of the hub, uh, Discovery Island, um, which I believe the up oh, note there are two that would be fast pass eligible here. Um, it's tough to be a bug, and the mini and mini, the mini and mini, the mini and Mickey. <laughs> that too. <laughs> uh, meet and greets um donna anything that you haven't seen so tough to be a bug i don't know that we ever fast pass that because it's just a walk on anyway so i don't think i don't even i could switch the tables and say i'm not sure that i've done the fast pass cue for this which is fun (laughs) um mickey mini meet and greet we've done that both ways okay um, that is on my list. Um, obviously, it's tough to be a bug. I'm sure I've done the, the standby. Um, but uh, the Minnie and Mickey meet and greet the at the Adventurer's Outpost, I have not done uh, the standby section. I've only ever done that with Fast Pass. Okay, no, sometimes we'll you'd pass by and see like a oh, 15 minute wait. And oftentimes it's only 10. So we would just jump in that line. Yeah, that's weird. Because anytime I've seen it, it's been minimum 30 or above Mm. i've never really seen that with the the lower weight i'm sure it gets lower like later on in the day you know sort of last thing um kind of uh thing to pass by but um that is on my list of a regular standby that i've never seen and so cute at christmas yeah very i agree um mickey and Minnie of sort of a holiday adventurers attire <laughs> um no but I definitely agree we have, we have uh several pictures um from different trips from that um so let's go to the left um former area of camp mini mickey now known as pandora the world of avatar two main attractions there um the super e-ticket flight of passage and d ticket i guess we could <laughs> probably say <laughs> uh navi river journey 
So we have done River Journey multiple times standby because that can be a lower weight as well. And Anthony really likes it. Flight of Passage, going by our rules of <laughs> this is what you must say, uh, we've only done Fast Pass. I have seen that queue, but it was during Moonlight Magic events. Oh, okay, because we didn't get it when we went with you guys for Moonlight Magic. Correct. We decided we did River yeah. Journey and we waited 30 minutes and we all were like, that was enough of waiting. <laughs> Yeah. yeah so um for these two attractions i have not done uh standby once again following all of our rules um during regular park hours for either of them um so i've heard awesome things about the uh flight of passage uh standby queue did we discuss last week that we finally tried one of the things at pangu pangu did we talk about that no, you know what? I don't think we did. And this is a perfect opportunity because this is one of my favorite snacks in all of Walt Disney. As a matter of fact, it's probably in my top three. So I had Pangu Lumpia. You know what, Jamie? We did talk about this because she teased me about me thinking it was sushi. Oh, yes, that is correct. Well, once again, uh, not one of sushi. my favorite snacks. <laughs> yeah, one again, it's not sushi. Uh, cream cheese, pineapple goodness that I just love so much i just wanted to remind you of that and make you salivate you're welcome i know so sad uh thanks maui um so uh for both of them they are on my list never seen the standby for either of them i just processed that you said thanks maui <laughs> i was wondering it, it took you uh, like a second you didn't really have any sort of reaction i was also taking a sip of my water when i processed it so it was almost oh. a bad news situation yeah um, so let's travel up to Africa um, in the top left or left turn in the top left uh, hand side of the um, of Animal Kingdom. Was someone um, out in the Pennsylvania sun too long today? It was very hot up here today. I mean, it wasn't Florida hot, but it was pretty bad. Um, here we have uh, Festival of the Lion King, Kilimanjaro Safaris, and I believe that's it for any potential um fast pass plus attractions so you're gonna laugh but i don't believe that we've ever done festival of the lion king standby i'm gonna make a slight cheat if i may and say i don't think i've ever done it in that new location in africa okay fair enough okay because i i don't i i don't remember when it really made it would have been close if um, it moved from, or when it moved from Camp Mini Mickey to when it uh, reopened um, in Africa. So I'm not 100% sure if that was um, Fast Pass Plus era, at least. Um, it, it probably would have been ticketed Fast Pass because it was definitely after 99. But um, in the new location in Africa, I don't, I have never done. Because it's one of those weird things where you still have to schedule it out. Um, and with, um, the uh with fast pass plus you know you're able to schedule that out for a certain time it's one of those weird attractions where it's not like you're walking by oh it's a 10 minute wait you jump in the standby line so it's kind of a weird dynamic with that and i actually don't even remember where they would have the paper fast pass machines in that area maybe where stroller parking is currently maybe or maybe we were close enough to when it reopened 
Maybe it was later. I'll have to look at that. Okay, fair enough. Um, um, and then Kilimanjaro Safaris, we have done standby. Not our preference, but we have done standby. Oh, God, it's such a terrible... I mean, I mean, there's really nothing to look at. And it's so long to get there. It's like one of the longest queues. Um, it always amazes me that sometimes people can go... You can go through half of the standby queue and then their stroller parking. But sometimes you have to park the stroller beforehand. Uh, it, that was always a weird dynamic and it always seemed to uh to change so let's uh move over to the top uh top right of disney's animal kingdom into asia where we are looking at um up a great bird of adventure uh cali river rapids and expedition everest as our fast pass attractions so single rider line how are we dealing with that um no something se- that's separate that would not count as standby i feel like we must have gone through that line in the evenings and it might have been extra magic hours so therefore this might be cheating based on the rules that we set out but i remember when andrew and i used to come down with my parents when we were much younger and <laughs> didn't i didn't get motion sick doing exhibition everest multiple times like looping around getting off coming back in going off coming back in and, and running through that line so i know that we have done that one okay um i didn't put it on my list i think i've done it a few times not usually but i feel like lately with especially in the current situation um expedition everest is like 10 minutes or less um i have never done up a great bird adventure um, so that wouldn't even make my potential list. Have you guys seen that? We have not. And you, did you say Rivers of Light? I mean, it's defunct now, but we only did Rivers of Light a few times and we had fast pass every time we did it. Uh, that's a good point. Cause I actually wouldn't know. Yeah, no, I didn't. I never did Rivers of Light um, at all. Okay. So those, that and up would, would be an A for you um rivers of light like i said we'd only done fast Pass a couple times we did it cali river rapids i think we only did with fast Pass prior to covid i remember that's actually uh, once you get past like that first section where you're side by side with fast pass and sometimes the walkway is not even wide enough and they get rid of the the ropes to separate the two lines once you get past that area and down into um sort of the temple themed areas um it's actually quite pretty um and it's it's i think a very good cue um i have done that uh the standby for kali um during the summer it's not something that i usually like doing just because that that can really get a line um with people trying to cool off um and you know i don't think kali river rapids is a great weight per value um type of attraction without how short it is um but i actually really do like that um standby queue okay fair enough all right so let's move down into the final land at disney's animal kingdom and this would be dino land usa um we are looking at finding nemo the musical <laughs> Don- <laughs> donna if you'll give me a slight cheat just because we started this series um, and I wrote out all of mine 
uh, before it was officially closed, I'd like to add in Primeval Whirl, if you'll let me. All right. Um, and uh, Dinosaur would be the last, um, which, once again, thank you, Kira, for your funding of the Dino Institute. Um <laughs> the uh, last fast pass plus eligible attraction in that land so dino we've done both ways and that actually that is a, a cool cue i think totally agree uh and, and uh aiden my, my three-year-old son now um super super into dinosaurs we had a three rex birthday party for him um you know a couple weeks ago i actually had thought and wanted it, you know, at some point to see if a cast member would let us just stand in the standby queue area um, before, you know, the COVID situation happened. Because I think he would love looking at the display cases and, oh man, that's a T-Rex footprint. You know, he would just lose his mind. Um, super cool area. The um, narration by um, Bill Nye, the science guy in the the main sort of hub area is awesome. Um, and, and even though there's, you know, switchbacks, especially in that standby area, there's always sort of something to look at. Uh, and I think that main hold area is, um, you know, pretty cool in and of itself. I wonder what that looks like with the COVID stuff. Kind of want to Google it, like with how they've done plexiglass or whatever they must have done in that center area. Um, I... I'm not a hundred percent sure. I think um, I don't think they're using all of the switchbacks, so they okay. cut off. So you know they may use the first and third or second and fourth. Okay. Is how I think they're doing um, that particular area because I have not seen a huge wait for that. I do know um, the pre-show area. They are just running it on a continuous loop with the door open. So if you want to stay and watch the pre-show, you can, or you can walk. Um, directly through that um, they have the library open at tower of terror as well they have um, no the screen blown runaway. out no pre-show they have the screen blown out for mickey mini runaway railway i've seen yeah i've seen that as well um so for me dinosaur we've done done the standby uh primeval whirl i have not i don't go out of my way to get a fast pass how many times did have you we... done that attraction though twice i've done it i do remember that because i went on kicking and screaming <laughs> um I, I will say if if i get in a certain spot in if i get in the center it's not as bad for me because obviously you're, you're not spinning as fast um so being in the center does help me out a little bit with that um and for some reason, I always either thought or misremembered um, and thought that um, you were constantly spinning like it was the teacups, but it's only was only in that um, you know, second third of the attraction or whatever it was. So when I did it the last time, it wasn't that bad, but it will not be missed. Didn't um, we drag you on it? Yeah. Pretty sure we did. You're welcome. I, I was upset. <laughs> once again thank thank you maui uh finding nemo i mean we did that once i thought it was awful as we all know so i don't remember if it was fast pass or if we walked in but i don't have any uh any interest in doing that one again really you don't like that show no oh see i real i 
enjoy it. I think it's a good attraction. I think the music's awesome. But as far as going to our original discussion, I don't actually think we've sat in the standby. I think it's um, similar to, um, and this is definitely in the FastPass Plus era, because I don't know if they actually had, that may have been it. Maybe the shows were added later, Donna. Maybe a lot of the shows were paper fast passes. That makes Um, sense. Yeah, we'll have to look that up. But um, as far as Finding Nemo the Musical, similar to Festival of the Lion King, I would usually pre-schedule that. You missed one, sir. I did. What did so I miss? It's one that neither of us, to my knowledge, have, have used a fast pass for, but the animation experience at Conservation Station. Oh, yeah, because I totally skipped over uh, Rafiki's Planet Watch. Um, that was definitely a new addition. I can't comment on it because I had not um, ever done it. Yeah, we have not done that with them. Um, now, well, we all know that I used to love the animation experience. I've talked at nauseam about how much I used to love that. But we have not had the opportunity since they reopened Rafiki's Planet Watch because for a while it was closed and it was reopened and all this other craziness. We have not had the opportunity to pop back there. We had a fast pass once, but we missed the, the window and Andrew and I got stuck on the stupid Wildlife Express train. So we just stayed there and went back to Africa to join my parents and Anthony when they were coming out of um, Festival of the Lion King because Anthony had a nap and fell asleep on my mom on the show. So we decided to mm. head back to Africa instead of doing um, that experience. But I've heard good things. Yeah. Speaking of the um, the train there, did you see the other day it broke down and people were stuck at the Planet Watch for like an hour? Yikes. They had to bring in buses um, uh, backstage for people and they had to like, cross over the railroad tracks. Um, and bring them back to the front side of the park or wherever they um, drop them off to get back to the main because they were having trouble with the um, Wildlife Express train. Probably dropped them. And the only reason I know this is because Andrew and I did a backstage tour at Animal Kingdom a year and a half ago about. Um, they probably dropped them off right to the, if you're looking at um, the entrance to Kilimanjaro Safaris, on the left, kind of behind you, there's a booth that talks about tours. If you can picture between those two areas, there's a it's gate. Like a brown gate. Yep. Correct. That's where we exited to get on a vehicle to do the backstage tour. So my guess would be that that's probably where the, the folks were dumped. Yeah, no, I would definitely agree with that as well. So that, um, I think, pretty much wraps up standby cues that evidently we need to, well, some we need to see. <laughs> I, I would like to see um, Flight of Passage at some point. Um, you know, I definitely like that. But one that I would recommend if the weight is not awful that I think is pretty cool to look at is definitely uh, Cali River Rapids. Fair enough. So, all right. With that, let's take a quick break and we will be back talking about the Disney Skyliner. Hi, everybody. Donna and I are both authorized Disney vacation planners. When planning your next Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, or Adventures by Disney Vacation, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. We have a wealth of experience and knowledge to help plan your next magical vacation. Best of all, our services are at no cost to you. Please reach out to us at Donna, D-O-N-N-A, at Pixie, P-I-X-I-E, vacations.com, or Jamie, J-A-M-I-E, at pixievacations.com. We would be happy to help plan your next magical vacation. 
And we are back. Donna, so excited to finally get to discuss and talk about one of my favorite things uh, at Walt Disney World, the most magical flight on Earth. You could have stopped at you were so excited to discuss one of your most favorite things or your most favorite thing would really have been quite sufficient. Anyways, the Disney Skyliner system. Disney's newest uh, transportation system um, that was introduced as with concept art originally at the D23 Expo in 2017, Donna, I believe? Correct. Correct. Um, And opened, as we record this, last year um, towards the end of September in 2019. Gosh, has it really been that long? Yeah. Almost a full year. Wow. Well, you know what, though? With the parks being closed for a couple of months, I guess it doesn't feel, I don't know, doesn't feel as, that long. As long. Because if you remember back, you know, when it was first announced and, you know, people were going to be melting in these <laughs> Disney Skyliner boxes um, and in cabins, um, this was going to be this, meaning this time period right now was going to be um, the first summer in the heat and everybody sweltering. Um, in the Skyliner cabins um, that everybody claimed uh, Disney didn't know what they were doing and it was going to be super, super hot. But um, I haven't seen that happen yet, Donna, have you? Well, you know, I haven't been in, as my sweet little boy calls it, the Sky Lanterns since the Mm -hmm. parks reopened, but I'll have to let you know when we do ride it. Yeah, please do. But uh, as of I've scoured Twitter, I have not found any buddy uh melting up in the cabins because maybe disney knew what they were talking about but um anyways just want to give a brief overview explanation of the skyliner system and possibly look towards the future um and uh, the possible expansion of the disney skyliner um system this system is basically um a gondola that's hung on a steel wire um, that you would see at different ski resorts. It's an enclosed cabin um, with air vents. Um, and it moves, Donna, at a pretty good um, pace to allow for that airflow. Oh, yeah, for sure. To the extent that when we did ride on the Skyliner different evenings, I guess it would have been over the winter season. I don't want to say it was cold because that's that's an exaggeration, but it was cool with the events open. I a hundred percent agree with you. And from somebody who, um, you know, wears shorts pretty much year round, um, and, and doesn't, you know, like a ton of hoodies and sweatshirts and things like that on, um, when I got on, you know, December, um, nights, there were times where I even closed the, um, the air vents, um, cause it, you do get a very good breeze when the system is, um, moving. Now we should also mention that the system did have, um, an issue about a month or so after it opened, um, where some guests were stranded, um, a couple of hours, I think it was Donna. So my understanding, and I know that you probably read more about this as the Skylander is your, your love here. <laughs> Um, but my understanding of that was that Disney was working on getting the, the, the ride, or I shouldn't call it the ride, the transportation system operational when a panicked guest called 911 as opposed to picking up the, the device within the, the vehicle. 
um, to contact, uh, you know, a member and that that call to essentially an outside organization. I don't know if you call 911 organization, but that that was what actually kind of caused the issue because the, the person said there was a medical emergency and they need a medical evac and things of that nature. So to my knowledge, it really was only that one cabin that was emergency, emergency evac out of the sky, if you will. Right. Because uh, what I believe happens is it goes to a separate um, EMS, um, emergency medical services or whatever. And then Disney personnel have to be completely hands off. And I had heard rumors that they had trouble identifying which particular cabin uh, the person mm. was in because it did happen at night and they couldn't really see the numbers. Um, or the guests didn't know what number cabin they were in. Um, I, I'm not 100% sure if that was actually true or not, but that was a story that I had heard um, as well. But opened uh, back up um, you know, a few weeks, a month later, um, and has not had any issues um, or significant downtime other than uh, COVID-19 closure um, since then. The um, system, Donna, I think we should take a minute to talk about... Um, the stations, what parks, resorts um, are all linked up on the system? Sure. And let me just really quickly add that this is something that I'm not, I don't like cold. We've already been over that. That's why I moved to Florida. I don't like being cold. So I have never in my life stepped foot in a ski resort, unless you can consider the ones in Pennsylvania where I went tubing a ski resort. <laughs> but I've certainly never been, you know, to like the big ones. And I talk this up, you know, to my sister and my niece and, you know, oh, it's so cool and blah, blah, blah. And my sister, who can be a little bit of a curmudgeon, comes back from Hollywood Studios. Donna, that is just like a, a gondola. That is nothing special. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, to me, it's special. Meh. And, and it is. Um, the, the nice thing about it is that it really um, can cut down on travel time. One of uh, my favorite resorts, one that I've stayed at, um, you know, basically my home resort um, over the last, you know, five or six years or so um, is really Pop Century. Um, I love that resort. I think it's awesome. I love the theming. Um, and we could talk about that on, on a different show. But I was so excited because uh, one of the connected resorts that has a station is Disney's Pop Century Resort. Also, it's sister resort um, or would have been <laughs> sister resort, sure. I guess you could say. Uh, Disney's Art of Animation also share the same uh, gondola um, Skyliner station where it is actually in the middle of a lake. So it's actually the only one over um, a body of water, um, which I do remember, Donna, you were a little concerned about. I don't love it. We parked there once. I, I think I was dropping something off for a client and we decided because Anthony really liked it so much that we would just jump the Skyliner, go over to studios and leave our car there. Um, I, I don't really like being in anything above water. It just, I mean, I'm, a, I was a lifeguard. It's not a swimming issue. It's, I think an idea of being like trapped in something over water just skews me out. So I didn't love that part, but the rest of the rest of the rides really cool. Yeah. So you can actually take it if you're at either of those two resorts, Pop Century, Disney's Art of Animation, um, you have your own station and then it will take you um, and if you're looking at a map of Walt Disney World um, from overhead, or basically it takes you north up um, to a uh, the hub of the entire system at Disney's Caribbean Beach Resort. Um, and from there, you do need to exit 
um, the Gondola Cabin. So we're sort of taking you on a trip from Popper or AOA. Um, and this is the main hub, as I said, of the system where you can get off and then um, go to the Disney Hollywood Studios line. And it takes you over, uh, what's that main road there? Victory Way. That's what it is. You actually go over the main road, Victory Way. Buena Vista Drive. Buena Vista Drive. I'm being waved down by Andrew, who knows where everything is. He's telling us it's Buena Vista, Buena Vista Drive. Um, no, I actually, I have the map up here. If you go from uh, Caribbean, Buena Vista Drive is more north. You actually go over Victory Way on, at least on this, the Apple Maps that I'm looking at. Okay. Because Buena Vista Way goes um, uh, basically parallel with the Hollywood Studios line. Oh, okay. That's what you thought you were talking about. Yeah, no, 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 no. What you cross over is Victory gotcha. Way. Gotcha. So, um, but Which yeah. that actually, Jamie, that leads mm-hmm. to, and I'm not trying to jump ahead because I know yeah. you want to talk about this, but because you're talking about the directions and Victory Way is, is the leading pathway towards um, Wide World of Sports, did you want to talk about like the future expansion piece here or do you want to hold that? I'm going to hold that until the end. So we just kind of get okay. a current layout of the system, um, but I will kind of loop into um, that as we kind of close. So everyone remember that Jamie said Victory Way here. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, and and basically this was just woods that you never really saw. Um, And until you really look at an overhead map, it's very difficult when you're on the ground on property to see. Um, You'll never know that Caribbean Beach is like right behind Hollywood Studios or how close um, Pop Century is to Hollywood Studios. Um, So it's kind of interesting that you get that little peak. um, And then there's a, a terminal station where you have to get off at, um, Disney's Hollywood Studios. But if we would go back to the career hub, if you didn't want to, if you were going from Pop, didn't want to go to Studios, you wanted to go to Epcot, you can get on the Epcot line, which um, will actually have the highest um, towers, would you call them, Donna? The support beams? Sure. Support beams, um, the highest towers, because they actually go over various uh, buildings at um, Caribbean Beach. And I'm not as familiar with the layout of um, whether they go over like Aruba or do you know the placement of those buildings, Donna? I don't, but that's one of my favorite parts of the Skyliner ride. It's such a nice, like beautiful laid out resort. It's a huge resort. Uh, There's actually parts of Caribbean Beach that would be closer to the Riviera station than coming Mm -hmm. back to Caribbean Beach. Um, So if you're going to Epcot, you may as well pop up there um but in any case uh, brain no i don't know which which uh, buildings are which but it's definitely significantly higher there it's always fun to look out at the pools some of those cool nights that i was mentioning where i was like oh my goodness it's a little chilly in here you see people in the pools you're like oh you, you folks are from up, from up north but it's just a really <laughs> nice little ride over that resort yeah no i totally agree and it's actually quite beautiful with the lake there that i is that i believe barefoot bay Correct. Um, is the name of that that uh, body of water and as donna had mentioned there is a turn station at disney's riviera resort so if you're staying at riviera or you're at caribbean beach and you happen to be closer to that station you can get on in that area or if you're coming from the main caribbean hub you can just stay on and it slows down 
um, and you continue on your way. You know, Jamie, you just said something really important. You said it slows down. This is a constant load. It does not, the vehicles do not stop except for folks who would be boarding with um, a person with a wheelchair or some other reason that the, the vehicle had to completely stop. It would pop off of the main loop and it would then sit for that vehicle to be loaded while stationary. Yeah, that, that's a great point. There's actually a secondary track that the, um, I believe all of them are ADA compliant, but there's certain um, vehicles that have the almost like tie down straps um, in the cabins that automatically go to the um, secondary track. So that's a really good point um, for anybody who may be in an ECV or wheelchair or something like that. Um, so at this point, once you get the t uh, across the, um, the turn and you start up again, this actually uh, may be what Andrew was thinking of is where you cross over Buena Vista Drive. Okay. So from, coming from um, Riviera, and there's actually a secondary turn going all the way down uh, Buena Vista Drive where you hit the parking lot of the boardwalk. Um, and this is just the turn. You can't get out. You're suspended um, high in the sky. Um, and this actually, I always felt when you're coming into this particular turn station is the most uh, jolting when you actually come off of the main line and start uh, going through the turn station. Um, you know, I always feel like you're going in hot <laughs> and then that uh, get jolted a little bit. But um, other than that, super, super smooth ride. I think it's important that we say that in case anyone were to be listening to us that has not been on the Skyliner, because I am very thankful that you warned me before the first time we got on the Skyliner that coming into the station to exit you truly think for a split second that you're not going to stop and that you're going to slam into the car in front of you. And then out of the blue, it's so smooth, but out of the blue, you go from flying to like, Oh, look, I'm going, you know, snail speed. It's wild, but so, so weird. Yeah. And if you, if you're by yourself and obviously there's less weight in the vehicle, you will have a little bit more sway when you're coming off of the main line. If, if the cabin is weighed down with a lot more people, it won't be as noticeable. Um, but the first, the first time, and I even watched videos, um, of the, the Skyliner, um, first time that I did it, I was like, Whoa, this, this can be, uh, I thought we would slow down at this point, but you really don't slow down until you're off of that main line yep um so after you come out of that uh boardwalk turn um into the parking lot as i said you cannot uh disembark or, or get off that particular area that is where you go into the epcot uh terminal station at international um gateway so you actually go into the back entrance of epcot and world showcase um and we should also mention, Donna, with the entire Disney Skyliner system, it is outside of the park security bubble. Um, so you do have to go through security in order, once you get off um, of the Skyliner, you're not um, inside like you are with the monorail system. So you aren't screened for security prior to boarding. Um, you are screened once you get off if you're trying to ep enter Epcot or Disney's Hollywood Studios. I just thought of something really interesting. Okay. Temp screenings. Yes. Couldn't one make an argument that that should be done before anyone steps foot on that Disney transportation? You could with the exception though that 
you're being put in a in a gondola car uh, cabin by yourself or with your own party still touching stuff though i don't know maybe i'm just being oh, i guess then you'd have to make the argument of they'd have to check your temperature before getting on a boat or before getting on a monorail or before getting on a bus so that could get a little wild quickly yeah for sure you know how how you know secure at this point can we can we be i always thought it was interesting they chose not to put the skyliner inside um of the security bubble um i I guess they didn't want super backups at the hub um because with the social distancing lines i i I don't know if you've seen any pictures of this donna but it's actually Mm -hmm. spilled out into you know the caribbean beach walkways you know during high pressure times um but we should also mention times um that it takes to get to certain places um very very short longest loop is going to be caribbean beach to epcot and i want to say it's under 15 closer 10 to 12 12 is what i've experienced for the most part and it's a lovely 12 minute ride and i used to really really love when it was just my family because then you know you're not supposed to switch sides but we could switch sides and look at different things and anthony could walk between us and really get a nice look and if there's another family you know he's not going to talk as much and you know there's not quite the same experience so now you know post COVID 19 it'll always just be uh our family or you know our family with my parents uh in the one gondola because that probably would accommodate what about eight people otherwise um i think it can do actually 10 uh without a wheelchair and i want to say six with um 10 would probably be a little tight i think they pack it a little bit less than that um you know, because with this system, and this is another huge benefit of it, it's not the bus. You're not standing there for 20 minutes. They right. load up 100 people. 20 minutes later, another bus comes. This is, there is one right after the other, um, and, and you're moving. It is a highly, highly um, efficient system. Um, and anybody that was really concerned um, or has concerned about being stuck in the air or, or things like that, this system does have multiple backups um in the event of an electrical issue there's a a backup electrical system in the event the second electrical system goes down there's a diesel um fuel uh fueled uh, backup system and i believe there's even another system after that um to get people um out of the sky um so i know that was always a big concern about um the skyliner system as well um, so I'm a huge fan of this. I would love to see it um, expanded. Um, anything else you wanted to talk about, Donna, before we get kind of into my potential expansion plans? This is kind of a little segue to that. So sure. I think we should, should mention that with the Epcot station being an international gateway, that that puts it, I don't want to call it at, at the Boardwalk Beach Club and Yacht Club resorts, but darn close to it walking distance which almost makes them when i when i talk to my clients about the benefits of different resorts i talk a lot about walkability and a lot a lot about transportation and if i talk to them about those three resorts right there i tell them hey walking distance to the skyliner that's a really nice way to get from your resort over to hollywood studios no totally agree and i I usually say the same um thing in regards to if somebody's debating between one of the all-star resorts and you know maybe a pop century um, sometimes the price differential is a little bit more significant, 
But, you know, if it's only another 20 bucks a night, you know, 30 bucks, whatever the case may be, um, I definitely think it's a well worth um, upgrade. So um, expansion, should we talk? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So I should also preface this with I don't have any inside information. Um, I do read a lot and I've been looking at maps of Walt Disney World. When did you learn how to read, Jim? (laughs) Well, what's today? Tuesday? No, it's Sunday. (laughs) Um, In uh, um, read maps, there's really no letters. So that helps too. Um, But in regards to uh, looking at this map and, and seeing where things would go, I did want a couple of, um, not disclaimers, but uh, bullet points I wanted to hit where I wouldn't want a ton of um, you have to get off and get back on. You know, I'd like to get to different places with one potential switch. Okay. So for the example of Pop Century, you are one switch after you're initially on from getting from to Epcot or Hollywood Studios. You have to trans one transfer, that's the word I'm looking for. One transfer away from the studios, Epcot, whatever. Think um, of it as a connecting uh, flight. Exactly. Um, so we don't want more than more than that. Uh, one other thing, Donna, that I, I did want to backtrack because a lot of people do get confused on this. In the event uh, and when park hopping comes back, um, we just want to make it clear you cannot go on the Skyliner from Epcot to the studios or vice versa directly. Correct. You have to go back to um, the Caribbean Beach hub um, and get to whatever park you're trying to go to. A lot of people think the studios and Epcot are directly connected through the Skyliner, and that is not true. Well, but that's like making the argument, I, although I guess you wouldn't have to transfer vehicles, but when people say, oh, just take the boat from studios to Epcot, okay, fine, so you're on the boat and you're only on one boat, but that makes a ton of stops too. Oh, yeah. You're, you're stopping at Boardwalk, Yacht and Beach share one. Correct? Right. And Swan, Swan and Dolphin, Dolphin have, have separate. It, it's, I think that's a very inefficient and long i mean if you want to go for a boat ride that's something different but i i always say at least a half hour on that thing for sure so but anyways let's talk expansion so if anybody's following along on a computer i'm looking at an overhead map of walt disney world with um magic kingdom up to the north and pop century art of animation towards um the south one expansion route that I see as potentially possible is where they have the current um, Skyliner station in Hourglass Lake facing the north and facing Caribbean Beach. I think they can build another one, same bridge, facing the opposite direction, going south. Okay? And at this point, it would cross over Osceola Parkway. Okay? So if you go south... And this is where Donna was referring to Wide World of Sports. I don't know if I would take it that far south, but totally plausible um, with, this, with this scenario. So here you're going to need a turn station to go to the west, okay, out towards like the Animal Kingdom resort areas. So if you bring that over to the west, you hit 
the all-star resorts when you cross over World Drive. Here is where you have some other station. Could be a turn station to go north. And you could also even make the case that you could have some sort of um, hub area there Mm. where um, all of your different all-star music um, and all-star movies could also then get to this hub station. Okay. Hub station or turn station, whatever you'd like. You could have a Riviera type station if you wanted to make all-star movies, all-star music walk. Okay. So you turn station, you go north, which puts you in the parking lot of, are you following along, Donna? Do you have a map? I am. I am. What's, what do you hit there? Hold, please. I didn't know I need to have a map. Go well, ahead. It's a, it's a water park. What's above All-Star Sports? Blizzard. Very good. You hit the parking lot of Blizzard Beach. Okay. At that point, you could either have... You, this would ideally probably be your hub station, in my idea. Okay. Because in this hub station directly north of Blizzard Beach is also the Coronado Springs Resort. So if they come south into this hub station of the Blizzard Beach parking lot, you're now connecting Pop Century, Art of Animation, all of the all-star resorts, Coronado Springs to this area, which you now take west and you connect them all to Disney's Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom and, and the Lodge. And make and then you could make another um, type of system to get Animal Kingdom Lodge, Jumbo House, Kidani Village to Animal Kingdom. So, Let me ask you one really serious question though. Okay. You know as well as I do that with the launch of the Skyliner, we have seen price increases at resorts that are connected. Yes. Are you at all worried that hooking everything up in that way, all of the value resorts on a Skyliner route, that we are going to no longer really see value resort pricing? I, I hate answering a question with a question, but what is at this point value resort pricing? I mean, I've seen all stars at peak seasons approaching and going over $200 a night. Yeah. But if a client comes to me and they say, listen, I have a, we need to travel on as good of a a low as a low of a price, you know, as, as you can get for us. I explain to them that in my opinion, it makes more sense to spend the money to stay at pop century because of the Skylar, because of the 100% guaranteed refurbished room. Um, You know, once the refurb, plows through all the all-star properties that won't be part of the the conversation but i also think we're going to see prices go up when that happens but that's beside the point but just talking about the skyliner attraction you know to have that that there you know transportation system whatever you want to say i don't know i just don't know if that's going to put all of them up in the 150 dollar cheap range that would be like the cheapest range I definitely think it's it's plausible over over time. I think it's already on its way there. Um, you know, there's definitely seen a price increase in Pop Century, and especially with the the four months 
um, of Disney being down, um, that's going to be, they have to recoup that money somehow. And I could, I could see this, if this was in the plans, potentially being shelved, um, you know, with the, the operating costs trying to be lower. Um, but yeah, prices are going to go up at some point. You once um, told me, Jamie, that you read an article that I think you told me that Disney, someone with Disney spoke with a gentleman who helped put transportation into a major city and that that was the idea behind, you know, this whole Skyliner piece that you need to treat Disney World, Walt Disney World Resort, as if it were a major city because it is and need to have all these different modes of transportation, your own taxi system, i.e. the minivans, your own airway transportation, the Skyliner, the monorail, all these other pieces. Yeah, that, that's true, 100%. The gentleman that uh, was hired by Disney to uh, kind of really deep uh, dive deep into their transportation system was the former head of the San Francisco, city of San Francisco uh, transportation. He ran okay. that, um, and then they brought him to World. Um, so anyways, that's one expansion idea that I have that would loop Pop to a Blizzard Beach and Animal Kingdom with maybe one with within the one transfer um as well as all-star sports um would be two transfers away from hollywood studios and epcot because they would be on on that system um as well going the opposite way if you take all-stars to pop so that's one idea for an expansion that i had the other one i had um starts at caribbean beach um, and there's, there's, you could in theory also loop in pop and art of animation with the current, um, system that, uh, they have in place and you just walk over. But if you would build a, another, um, hub transfer station at Caribbean beach directly across the lake from the current one. Okay. Okay. And you go North. You're mirroring what is currently there and go north to Riviera. Okay. Okay. But instead of left, where you go to Boardwalk and then on to Epcot, you go right. That actually takes you close. You might have to maneuver a little bit with with angles and uh, without having to go over the park. Because that was something that another thing that I should have mentioned that I wanted to avoid. You're not traveling over the middle of any theme park. Oh, yeah, for Um, sure. If you go right, you can hit the parking lot of Typhoon Lagoon. Yes. Then you can make that a Riviera-esque on-off type of of system where anybody's going to Typhoon Lagoon, um, they can get off. Or... If they would like to go to Disney's shopping district at Disney Springs, you're flying over Buena Vista Drive and ending ending up at the, what's the side called by Cirque du Soleil? West side? Correct. I, I never, after they changed to Disney Springs, I stopped paying attention. I don't see them looping in Disney Springs to this because I think that it invites people to park there. And jump on that as like an extra ride before going to a theme park. Um, 
I could see that being a case. I don't know if it would necessarily stop Disney from doing it because, as as you pointed out, it they could make it up with raising hotel costs. So I don't know if they would actually care too much about that. But I do. That is a valid um, point, you know, to say. Um, I mean, I guess with that argument, though, someone could go to Disney Springs, take a bus to Caribbean Beach, and hop the Skyliner just as easily. Yeah, or I'd park at Disney Springs and take a bus to wherever else. Right. So, um, but anyways, that was, and then uh, a get get off uh, a terminal station um, at Disney Springs by uh, Cirque du Soleil once you cross over um, Buena Vista Drive. So that would loop in, ignoring the option one, if you will, um, just with the current you know, this would be option two, idea two. That would loop in Pop, AOA, Caribbean Beach, and Riviera to Typhoon Lagoon um, and Disney Springs. And if you really think about it, it would also loop in the Epcot Line Resorts, um, Beach Club, Boardwalk, Yacht Club, anybody that's within walking distance of International Gateway to go to Caribbean Beach and then go to this new station as well. Or Riviera actually they could go to so so do you put as much thought into things for val or is this like (laughs) you are focused on skyliners or first and true love no yeah this is something i actually care about kidding wow you better hope she doesn't hear this for a long while (laughs) yeah it'll be december before she catches up but anyways um no this is something that that i've thought about because i truly do believe and this is all pre-COVID-19, you know, this was a five-year Disney plan where the current Skyliner system is almost like the beta test. How can we, on a small scale, see if this will work efficiently? It will get us to move people. And, you know, could we bump up the rates at a pop century, at an AOA, um, and, and things like that? So I think the current system is small scale. And I do think this uh, the Disney Skyliner system was looked at as a there's a second phase, a third phase to more connect um, different types of properties. So it'd be something that I'd love to see um, with the whole COVID-19 and uh, parks being shut down and, and the loss of money. It may be pushed out in the future, but it is definitely something that I would like um, to see. Um, happen because i do love the skyliner and i hope everybody else does as well so with that let's take a short break and we'll be right back thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the circa 71 podcast jamie sure does love the skyliner but maybe that won't find out just how much for another few weeks Anyway, I, for one, am pleased as can be that we've been back to all four Walt Disney World theme parks and can't wait to get to Epcot and Magic Kingdom again this week. If you have an idea for a future episode, have a question, or just want to know more about something in the Disney Realm, please feel free to send us a message. Circus 71 Podcast is available on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, and we sure do appreciate any positive reviews you leave for us. Next week, we will finally head to the Pacific Northwest, unless Jamie comes up with something else more pressing for the 18th time. And visit Wilderness Lodge in our Social Fatty segment and play another round of thumbs up and thumbs down. Again, as long as Jamie doesn't decide we're doing something different. Have a great week. We'll see you real soon.